Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two movies with something in common. Go head to head to see which one does it better on this week's episodes. In the red corner, be excellent to each other. Yes, we're revisiting that slacker comedy that sees two friends embark on a journey through time as a way of passing their school history class as Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan stamp their own mark on cinema history. Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter are the titular duo and today we're going back to 1989 for a most excellent adventure. Now, a motion picture so grand, so magnificent, and so vast, it spans 7,000 years. No way! Yes way! But it starts with Bill. I'm Bill S. Preston! Who is Joan of Arc? And Ted. Noah's wife? We're in danger of flunking most heinously tomorrow. A force from the future. Can we go anywhere we want at any time? You can do anything you want. Is putting history at their fingertips. Let's reach out and touch someone. While in the blue corner, party on, dudes! Going up against that excellent adventure, we're staying with Bill and Ted, because two years after their journey through time, the Wild Stallions were back, although this time, things are going far from excellent. Murdered by evil robots and about to lose the most important battle of the bands in the history of planet Earth, Bill and Ted go to hell, among other places, because from 1991... It's Bill and Ted's bogus journey. I have a feeling we're about to embark upon a most unprecedented expedition. Once they made history. I must see to it that you die. Now, they are history. Bill and Ted are dead. Welcome to hell. It's the Grim Reaper, dude. How's it hanging, Death? But they're having one hell of a time. This is not what I expected this place to look like at all. We got totally lied to by our album covers, man. So, what connects these two films, and which one does it better? Let's find out. It's Clash of the Titles. 
the Kraken. Clash Butters. It seems to me the only thing you've learned is that Caesar is a salad dressing, dude. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. Oh, and that silence means the middle chair <laughs> is empty this week. We are without Chris. I'll explain why in a moment. But first, welcome to this week's Bill and Ted Tussle. So um, they were Chris's choices, weren't they, Victoria? Yes, they were. He sort of gave us his choices. And then got on a jet plane. Buggered off. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Although he... we haven't missed out on his holiday because he sends us loads of pictures. Yeah. I feel he's showing off a bit. I don't know about you. It's like... made me feel sick. I just saw the one that he sent this morning where he's got uh, a beer in his hand and his feet. And um, <laughs> and for once it was more the... The, the beer f- than the feet. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. The beer yeah. made me throw up. The fact that he's having such a... Bloody good time. He's having such a relaxing time. Mm, yeah. I mean, he's in Greece, uh, for the record, if you want to know. He's in Greece um, getting a suntan. If indeed the sun can penetrate that thick black <laughs> chest mane. The down. It's so <laughs> thick. I just I wonder if he shaved it. Ooh, there's an awful image. Well, he gave us uh, these two. Uh, now, he obviously gave us to them for a reason, because nothing happens with Chris if there isn't a reason. And the reason is, of course, Bill and Ted 3, Bill and Ted Face the Music, came out on Friday. Now, when we're recording this, we haven't yet seen it, but you have, most likely. Um, Victoria, are you going to watch it? Uh, do you know, I don't know if I am. I've seen a couple of the trailers and I think it looks good, but I, I find it too disconcerting. I mean, I'll watch it when it comes to my house. I don't see me leaving the house for it. Right. It's just an honest answer. I think it's coming out on streaming very soon. Then, yeah, we'll do. Afterwards on for demand. Sure. Yeah. 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 Do you mean, is it that thing where people, actors playing characters that you last saw them play as young people and then being old is yeah. kind of upsetting? Yeah. I don't think you can ever escape that either. Now, I'm not saying Bill and Ted Face the Music is like not good because uh, I've You just seen don't it. know. I don't know. You can't know. But I do sort of go, it makes it makes me feel like how much time has passed and I don't yeah. like being reminded of that. You don't look as good as mm. Keanu Reeves. I don't. Uh, I don't. No uh, one does. It's, I'm not, nothing on you. No felt, one does. I felt a bit like that. I just felt a bit like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's a beautiful, a beautiful man. Uh, we'll get onto that uh, as, I, as I talk us through this. Uh, very quickly though, uh, Class Butters, uh, hold up for one minute uh, just before we get into uh, the pod uh, proper Happy birthday! Oh, shut up! Yes! Shut up! I, I'm holding a bag. <laughs> it has happy birthday written on it. This is your birthday. You're such a wanker. It was my birthday on Friday and yeah. you forgot. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. I was saving it for this big reveal on the show. <laughs> uh, there you go, Victoria. Do you want me to have a look? Would you like to have a look right now? There's only a couple of things in there, but I think they are very Victoria things. So really? I, I hope you enjoy them. Oh, man, this is so much pressure. Yeah. What's this? Oh, no, it's not! Oh, my God! Oh, it's a ball of blue wicked! <laughs> Your favourite tipple. Oh, yeah. and it's massive! A massive bottle of blue WKD. Oh, thank you! Mm. Yeah. And then the other thing is in uh, bubble wrap, because it's very fragile, but I'm sure you'll look after it, uh, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. What the fuck is this? <laughs> it's a... Uh... Oh, Tension's killing us. <laughs> Look at his little face. Yeah. Who's little face? Though? It's a picture of Mark Addy. Yeah. And he's smiling away with his 
little twinkly eye, and yep. then it says, "I'm all in." <laughs> yes, oh, in. it's beautiful. You need to get that. <laughs> Wait, let me put it in Chris's chair. <laughs> so it's like Mark Addy is here. So if, if you're listening going, Mark Addy, I'm all in, uh, then please do revisit an earlier episode of ours where we cover the full Monty uh, because all will be explained there. Happy birthday, Victoria. Oh, thank you. I'll, you me, I'll give you a hug later. I won't get up. It's okay. hot. Okay. Uh, right then, on with the show. <laughs> uh, so uh, we are doing uh, the Bill and Ted movies. The clue, uh, for clue's sake, that Chris gave us last week was we're going to party like it's 1989. He then followed that up on Twitter. I say this every week, but it is important. Do follow us on Twitter, at ClashPod. Uh, there's loads of extras, and indeed, the second clue goes up on there. So, the second clue from Christopher was, the best journey starts with an adventure. And that's when a lot of people got it right. Uh, one person who didn't but does get a mention is Paul Jordan, because he suggested Sahara versus National Treasure. <laughs> and any opportunity to mention Sahara on this show, I am down with. Uh, but congratulations to Gemma Page, Bath Bites, Gary. And our winner, beating Gary by three minutes to be the first with the right answer, Frank B. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure versus Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Most excellent dude. And uh, very quickly, congratulations to Russell for getting last week's movies, The Crow versus Darkman. I know that's in the past, but I didn't get a chance to do it last week because of scheduling. Right then. Connections, Victoria. Can I be honest? I didn't do this bit um, because it's so obvious that I... Did, forgot to do anything funny. Okay, well, I mean... Sorry. Mine are, like, uh, pulling teeth. Yeah. The connection is Bill and Ted. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's get to what Chris's connection is uh, eventually, because he did send he one. He sent a snippy message, but I haven't fucking thought of anything. Like, I'm in Greece, and it's like, yeah, no, that's fine. Um, but you knew you were going to Greece, mm. so help us out. Yeah. Uh, and yet here I am, picking up his hairy slack. <laughs> mm. There's two words. What do you think of that, Mark Addy? <laughs> there he is. So, uh, is it, here's one, is it the least convincing romantic element since Anakin and Padme? It's, that's not bad, is it? Yeah, they, it's so odd. The princesses, um, I'm pretty sure in the first movie, Bill doesn't say a single word to his princess <laughs> before they get together. And I'm almost certain that their names aren't mentioned until the climax of Bogus Journey, where you find out they actually have names and aren't just called princesses. Or babes. Or babes. Uh, here's a proper one, though. Uh, this is my connection. Both films had their endings massively changed at the 11th hour. When we go through the movies, I'll explain, but Excellent Adventure was made much bigger at the end, and Bogus Journey was actually made slightly smaller by losing some monsters. All will be explained when we get onto those movies. Uh, Chris sent his Bill and Ted <laughs> because he's on holiday mentally as well as physically. So there you go. Well, Chris gave me Bogus Journey. Chris gave you Excellent Adventure Victoria. We do it chronologically. So... Kick us off this week. Just one minute. I just need to move this blue wicked. Otherwise, I'm going to drink it. <laughs> hey, this is your party. This is your podcast birthday party. Get that bloody opened. But I will drink it. Get it opened. I'm, I'm not joking. Get it opened. Give Mark Hattie some. Do you want some? Um, you know, you shouldn't have it. Okay, <laughs> sorry. <clears throat> Here we go. Bill and Ted love each other, but not like that, you understand, in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Wait, that's unfair. Um, let me go back in time and write a better intro. Here we go. 
Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is a super sweet buddy time travel comedy that is at once a cult classic and massive smash hit about two pals valley talking their way through history. Propelled by that most high stakes of initial setups, don't fail one exam, but through their puppy-like energy, enthusiasm and genuine appeal make you totally buy that the future of mankind depends on them staying together so their awesome but rubbish band Wild Stallions can create music that will one day unite humanity. Enabled by 80s future person Rufus, they goofily enlist the help of historical figures including Napoleon, Joan of Arc, Socrates and Beethoven to ace the test. And if silly, mindless fun like this isn't quite for you, wait till you find out about the breakfast cereal tie-in promotion, a most awesome breakfast adventure. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) So there we go. When when you were doing your agenting, if you received... (laughs) A script, and that was the pitch. If someone came in and sat down and went, this is what I got, yeah. what, what would your reaction have been? I think if it's, not to blow my own trumpet, if it had been written like that, I would have been all in, Mark Addy. <laughs> High five. Um, it's all in the pitch, isn't it, really? Right. It's my it's my sort of thing, for sure. I'm being arch about it, but it is my sort of thing. I, like, I love a high-concept idea. I love a high-concept comedy. Mm. Um, yeah. I've heard worse pitches, trust me. I really, really have. I won't say any of them now. I'll tell oh. you. No, because it's really unfair. <laughs> no, okay. But I've got some absolute stinkers. <laughs> <laughs> They're travelling through time. How's it going, royal ugly dudes? Put them in the Iron Maiden. Excellent. Execute them. Burgess. How's it going, dude? <laughs> And they're making a big impression. Historical babes. Now they're home. Buddy, get together and remember who your buddy is. To trash the 20th century. You got a live one here. Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter, Napoleon. We're from history. Billy the Kid. Oh my God. Joan of Arc. Sigmund Freud. Tell me about your mother. You a musician? Beethoven. Genghis Khan! Abraham Lincoln. Party on, dudes! Socrates. George Carlin. We're history. If you guys are really us, what number are we thinking of? 69, dudes! (gasps) Bill and Ted's... Excellent! Excellent! Excellent adventure. Let's do this uh, Chris section, uh, just because he's not here. Um, what are your memories of watching this, oh, Alex? My memories. my memories of watching this. That's a great question. Thanks, yeah. Thanks Victoria. Yeah. Um, I didn't see it at the cinema. Really? No, I watched it on VHS. At home? At home, yeah. <laughs> Can you uh, remember exactly where and when? I, I wish I could. Yeah, was uh, it your living room when you were a kid? In, in its absence, <laughs> don't give a fuck, mate. <laughs> don't give a fuck. Just sort of VHS. Uh, no, um... Just because uh, it is it, it is an important section, it's not. Uh, <laughs> I do remember watching it, and I do remember sort of like I do remember the hoopla around this. I do remember it being a big thing. I bit remember it being a bit a huge pop culture phenomenon. Uh, I watched it. I wasn't blown away by it, um, but I did fall in love with Keanu Reeves. Yeah, in like this movie. Everybody. Yeah, but I, and especially his hair. And I spent mm-hmm. a great deal of my youth trying to cultivate a similar hair to Keanu Reeves in the role of Ted Theodore Logan, which was impossible because I had curly hair uh, back then. 
You so, have curly hair now. It's not as curly, though. Oh, really? It's weird. I had my hair cut as a teenager. And, and it, before they cut it, all the curl out of it. They cut out, they cut out the curl. <laughs> wow. And I didn't even ask for that, but it was great. So my hair grew back straight. Really? Yeah. That's it. I, I, I don't know if that's possible, but it, it is because it happened to me. It doesn't sound possible. No. It sounds like you had some sort of a traumatic childhood experience <laughs> that made your hair fall out or go straight. <laughs> <laughs> just all on end, like in a constant <laughs> yeah. state of fear. But that's what your brain has done to cope with the trauma. It's just created a story that's clearly bollocks, but <laughs> means you don't have like a borderline personality disorder. Okay, well, that's, uh, that's one for the therapist. I'll <laughs> ask about that at our next uh, meeting. And it is a meeting. Well, like you, Alex, I can't fucking remember when I saw this film, but it was on VHS because I would have been eight when it came out. No idea which room... I mean, it must have been the front room yeah. uh, that's because we had one telly right. and one VHS player. Um, and other than that, I can't really say. Did I watch it alone? Probably. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Great. Good section. Well done. Uh, that goes in the, uh, the the top draw of what are your memories of this movie? I mean, to be fair to Chris, he does always have a, mm, I was going to say better story. He's always got a story. Yeah. I was going to text you uh, or, or message you, as it's called now. Uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm down with the kids. and um, And I was going to say... Shall we just not? Shall we just section? leave it out? I foresaw it being yeah. as but as, instead, as bad as that, and as, of, as like, rude true as professionals. That. We thought, let's just hammer it out <laughs> on the day. See how Let, it goes. Let's do it badly. Yeah, let's yeah. do it badly. Leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. So, um, would you like a bit of background? Now, this this part is good. All right, I know, I know. All it's right. better when you two do it. But I have done some research. Okay. So here we go. Mm. Um, this was written by. Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon. Now, they created the characters of Bill and Ted in an improv class at UCLA in the early 80s, forming the characters of Bill and Ted as like two sort of uh, geeky 14-year-old guys who know nothing about history and they're just trying to talk about history. And Ted's dad keeps interrupting them. Funny, funny, funny. It is funny. It is. I can imagine it was really funny. Um, They eventually write a sketch, which is called Bill and Ted's Time Van, they expand that to a script. I read somewhere, but did not corroborate because of laziness, mm. that they wrote the script by hand. And then I was going to make a joke about, oh, guys, technology is the 80s. I was like, but it was the 80s. Yeah. And you forget only pens. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Or typewriters. Or a typewriter, but you might hey. as well write it by hand. No, I'm watching um, High Score on Netflix, which is... Oh, is it good? It's really good. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I love it. Um, but I think computers were definitely uh, in the realm of word processing in the 80s. So there you go. But why not write... Yeah, so just sit down and write it out by hand. But It fits, fits, fits with the pitch. You said it was all about the pitch. Bill and Ted, they wouldn't know how to use a word processor, so it's... True, yeah. Huh? Yeah, so, so, such a good point. The only things I have to add to that, which uh, interested me, uh, and therefore I am going to say, uh, regardless of uh, any thought for you and whether it interests you, uh, Chris Matheson, didn't realise, was the uh, son of, or is the son of a legendary horror and sci-fi author, Richard Matheson. Yes. Um, I, I, I only mention this because I didn't realise that Jewel, one of my favourite movies, was actually a short story by him and he adapted that into the screenplay yeah. for Jewel. Well, apparently his dad said to him that one of, because the script went through quite a lot of versions and one of the versions, it was very just like sketchy. And in one of the versions, Bill and Ted go back through history, but become responsible for like all of mankind's woes. So the plague... <laughs> war the titanic and so hilariously like cause all these troubles but logically you then run into a problem where these really lovable guys are responsible for the holocaust so I you want to pull back from that and, and so and uh, yeah a, a lot of deaths uh, yeah. Uh, yeah and it starts to not be cute i guess mm. <laughs> so and apparently his dad said this is you know you should do a full script and maybe let's think about um 
making it not so sad. I get that, and I think that's that's right. Um, uh, there are two things here. So first of all, I think like when they were doing it as fourteen-year-old like um, kids, like heavy metal fans, yeah, which I, I believe is what the original script mm-hmm. was. That was the first. Uh, the, the, the movie pitch was still Bill and Ted were fourteen-year-olds. Yeah, and I got thinking. I got. To, I got to thinking. <laughs> I got to thinking about. Oh, this. it's Sex in the City. I got to thinking about this, and I just sort of thought. I think it might have worked better if they'd been 14-year-olds in the movie. Yeah, rather than 14-year-olds in, like, are they 17, 18? I think they're about 17 or 18, and Keanu Reeves is 24 when they're is filming he? this. So, oh, really? And I think there's just, like, the the disassociation between what they look like yeah. and how old they're meant to be yeah. and what they're saying is the characters now but would be much better and less discombobulating yeah. if they were actually still 14. Yeah, like never better characterised than when they're with the princesses because mm. it's so chaste. It's like little boys. Yeah. And, well, there's there's plenty more examples. There's nothing wrong with it, but it is uh, when, yeah, it takes a while to get used to it, I think, because it seems like a proper kids film, I think. Yeah, and this leads me on to my other point, which is like you, what you're saying about the script, um, you know, being uh, de-eviled and <laughs> made more palatable. I think maybe they went a bit too far with it. I think this script has been over-sanitised. And I think when you get to Bogus Journey, you see what Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon wanted to do yeah. with this movie. But I think they've pulled back too far because Excellent Adventure, I think, is a bit too nicey-nicey. I agree with you. A bit too nicey-nicey. Um, um, for the record, uh, uh, and I, I, I really mentioned Richard Matheson uh, to mention this, uh, he, he also wrote um, with Carl Gottlieb, Jaws 3D. Oh, really? Yeah, there you go. Okay. That's it. Sharks. <laughs> Sharks. That's your shark mention. That's my shark mention. And, uh, oh, uh, wait, um, Ed Solomon married uh, Cynthia Cleese. Who's Cynthia Cleese? Uh, the daughter of John Cleese oh, and right. Booth. Oh, right. That makes sense. It's quite an unusual surname. Oh, really? Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, anyway. Oh, <laughs> if, you, if you just made it up and I'm like, who the fuck is that? I'm just looking, I'm looking down at my notes and it's it's I've I've really fucked up the uh, the cut and paste this week. You've got some colour coding. What's that? Oh, well, we'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> How exciting. Um, uh, the only other thing I'd add is that I really do wish I had um, Ed Solomon's uh, Wikipedia page writer because Wikipedia deals in fact, and I've been I've gone on record and gone, whoever does mine, literally has taken. 10 years off uh, because they wrote it and then they went, yeah, that'll do. 2011, he's, I, I think that'll cover everything. <laughs> and it's like I, 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 I stopped working in 2011. <laughs> what I want is, if you are listening, whoever writes Ed Solomon's, I would like a, a sentence uh, that goes a little bit like this. Ed Solomon has helped create critically acclaimed hit franchise films in each four of the past four decades. Wow. That sounds a little bit <laughs> less facty, more like, Ed. <laughs> Are you on Wikipedia? <laughs> You're not meant to edit your own page. Can you edit your own page? Uh, you can, but then if there are two, like what happened with mine, I just kept sort of going, I'll probably add the, the fact that I, I didn't die in 2011 <laughs> to mine. And then they locked it and they went, you can't edit it anymore because there's too many changes. Because I'd edit it and go, oh, by the way, I did this. And people would go, it needs verification. And yeah. take it off. And then, you, but you, are you too embarrassed to say, oh, I don't need to verify it because I wrote it. Yeah. Is that a faux pas? You part? get into a real grey area. Yeah. yeah. I, was on, I was on the moon last week. <laughs> it needs verification. Well, well does it? Because I said so. <laughs> Um, so, oh, and then Rufus was different in the original script. So Rufus, uh, played by George Carlin, 
Um, he drove a time van in one of the iterations of the script and I believe he had a dog called Dog Rufus, <laughs> which is fucking brilliant. Um, but, I mean, it's, it might not be for this reason, but obviously a time van and then you've had the DeLorean fairly recently, so it's a bit too similar. Mm. So we end up with a phone booth. Yep. Um, and speaking of, I've described the Bill and Ted as like puppies, but I've stolen that from the director, Stephen Herrick, who would frequently tell them to <laughs> basically act more like dogs. Um, so you need to be more puppy like we need more puppy factor when directing them. And so to try and get um, Alex Winters and Keanu Reeves's energy bouncing from scene to scene and place to place to be completely lovable. And I think describing them as puppies is perfect because that is exactly what they are. It is. Yeah. Um do you, do you want to mention anything else about uh, Stephen Herrick? I've, I've, I only meant. Do you mind if I just jump in with you? No, I don't. I wish you. I hope you will. Um, okay. Well, uh, Stephen Herrick. This was his second movie. Uh, he'd previously done Critters. Uh, Chris, do you remember that time that uh, you uh, rented Critters by mistake uh, when you thought it was going to be Gremlins and it really fucked you up? Yeah. There you go. Um, he also he got a really interesting and eclectic CV. So he's got Critters, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, The Mighty Ducks. Oh, I love that film. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Holland's Opus. Don't love that film. <laughs> uh, 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 the Eddie Murphy vehicle, Holy Man. Uh, the Mark Wahlberg vehicle, uh, Rockstar. And uh, my favourite of all the Musketeers movies, 1993's The Three Musketeers. <gasps> I love that film. Do it, do it. <laughs> Starring Charlie Sheen, Kiefer Sutherland, <laughs> Oliver Platt, who I love, and also as uh, Connell Richelieu, uh, Tim Curry. Yes. And that completes this week's obligatory Tim Curry reference. Do you think we could do the Three Musketeers with the, the man in the Iron Mask, or is it two ones too pole-faced? Get it? <laughs> Good one. Um, uh, or not? Because well, I just really want to do the Three Musketeers. Well, we should do the... Uh, why don't we just do uh, the 1993 version with uh, Michael York and... Yep. Um, uh, 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 Oliver. Uh, oh my God, it's it's completely gone. Reed. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Jesus, <okay>. yeah, <laughs> Oliver Reed. Wow. Yeah, that version. Yeah. All right then. Yeah. Okay. Great. Good. Um, just back to the um genesis of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. It had a checkered path to the screen, as they say. Mm. Um, Warner Brothers were going to do it, but they thought teen comedy was dead and didn't really believe that people like Bill and Ted existed. I don't. Uh, yeah, which is kind of fair enough. <laughs> Thinking well, about well, it. Well done, Warner Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Smart as always. Yeah. You've been in business a long time. Um, and it was picked up. Uh, so Dino De Laurentiis was making it, but Dino De Laurentiis went bust mm. uh, midway through. And everyone thought that was kind of the end of that. And then um, it was rescued um, with a deal with Orion in 1988. It was released. It made $40 million. Mm. So this is, I didn't really realise that. So it cost I somewhere between six and eight is what I read. Yeah. But anyway, it made it like a shit ton of money. And that's the stuff about the fra- all the franchise and the breakfast cereal and the cartoon and obviously the sequel. I didn't realise how big it was. I thought it actually was more of a cult classic, but... To make that sort of return, it's a genuine smash hit. And obviously to have a breakfast cereal is pretty a big deal, I suppose. I just didn't realise. Um, it, it just found it was such an eager, willing audience. Not everyone loved the breakfast cereal, though. Um, no. Alex, uh, Alex Winter says, the cereal was particularly tragic, I must say. It was made by Purina, which makes dog food. Yeah. Not a good start. <laughs> Not the most nutritious food item 
and it was weird <laughs> to walk into a supermarket when you're basically a regular schmo living in Venice in a shitty apartment. We weren't making the kind of money that actors make today for that kind of stuff, and there you are on a cereal box. Keanu Reeves says... I it's just of kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I make shit loads of money now. Did you not know that? Have you seen the Matrix? John Wick, John Wick, John Wick, John Wick. <laughs> Four and five shooting back to back. What? <laughs> yeah, well, we're here to talk about Bill and Ted. <laughs> so that's it. Um, that's that's all I got. Um, I've got a little bit more. Not much, but a little bit more. Um, it's kind of, it goes, it's off the back of what you were saying about sort of this original script and then, and then being involved in a lot of the tragedies uh, that happen in the world, sort of accidentally causing these global disasters. And they there was a version where uh, the character of Napoleon, because they, uh, they ended up in Nazi Germany and they brought back Adolf Hitler to right. San Dimas mm-hmm. and he was in the Napoleon role and running a mock okay. while they were off time travelling and uh, Solomon does confirm <laughs> that this became problematic sure. and so they replaced him with Hitler uh, but the other ones that they mention uh, in the spec script there was them visiting Julius Caesar and ending up causing his death right. and befriending a caveman in the prehistoric age and helping him invent fire so they could light up a joint <laughs> That's pretty funny. Now, you see, I I think the big things like the Holocaust and Titanic and I, those those wouldn't work because of the staggering loss of life. But little things like accidentally causing Julius Caesar's death, yeah, that's all right. And sort of creating fire to light up a joint, that's all right. And I do wonder, like, why they didn't pursue like I, I we'll get into it with the movie, but I do think the one thing it's missing is actually having them at not just meeting these characters, but, but meeting, causing, the, yeah. meeting these characters at important events in these characters' lives. I think it's because they'd made... I, don't, I can't prove this, but I'm thinking I'm thinking on my feet. I'm mm. thinking fast. That's what you do. That is what I do, isn't mm. it? Wait a sec. <clears throat> Let's have some of that blue wicked, see what comes out. <laughs> um, isn't it because they made a decision? I think, I feel like they might have made a decision to say we are not going to stick to any of the rules about time travel and the paradoxes and we're going to throw all of that out the window because it's boring and you get tied up in knots about it. Right. So if they'd have affected the future even once because they invented fire, which then sets mankind, humankind... Oh, Jesus. Um, uh, I can't believe it. Wow. Wow. Chris <laughs> is in here and you relax. <laughs> you relax enough to actually make up for his absence. <laughs> Are you doing you and Chris this week? Wow. Oh, dear. Um, anyway, yeah, I think maybe if you if you did make a decision to not play by the time travel rules, which is cause and effect, you can't pick and choose. So do you know what I mean? Yeah. I just think there's an episode of series three of Red Dwarf. Oh, my God, that's so funny you said that. Not to, th- not to be rude about Bill and Ted, but it is like an expensive episode of Red Dwarf, isn't it? Yeah, especially the episode Time Slides where... Oh, yeah! <laughs> Where the photographs come to life. Yeah. There's some magic potion. Something gets spilt on them and they come to life. And Lister can jump into photographs from the past. Yes. Although he can't leave the frame. He le- he exists. And I, it was, I think it was when I was reading about the fact that they originally had Hitler in the script. I just remember that bit where he jumps into the photo of Hitler giving his speech. Yeah. And starts, like, taking the piss out of him. And I was like, I, that yeah. should be in this. Yeah, that's a good point. That was what I thought. Yeah. Hmm. Um, well, that's uh, pretty much uh, all I've got. Um, I will say, uh, casting, there were a few different people um, who they considered uh, for various roles. Um, apparently, uh, Stephen Herrick, 
screened between 200 and 300 actors for the main roles, which is a hell of a lot. Uh, Paulie Shaw was one of them, Biodome. Um, uh, he was considered for the role of Ted. And then for Bill, River Phoenix, Sean Penn and Brendan Fraser <laughs> were, all in, were all in the running at, at one point. <clears throat> and you mentioned George Carlin uh, being cast at the 11th hour as Rufus. Uh, Eddie Van Halen, obviously, because he gets a lot of mentions in the movie, was asked. Uh, that was a no. Uh, others include Ringo Starr. That's so strange. Charlie Sheen. Perfect. Sean Connery. Good. And Roger Daltrey. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just a sort of a really interesting mix. Um that's all I've got on the backstory. Well, let's talk about the film then, shall we? All right. So it's a film about time travel, so I have to ask you, if you could choose one exam to fail, what would you choose? <laughs> <laughs> maths. Don't need maths. Uh, you see, you've asked a Chris question until the very end and it became a Vicky question. Because Chris's question would have been, where would you go back to? <laughs> and I don't. I've thought about it a lot. I, don't, I can't decide what it says about my personality that I'm just not bothered. Like, I don't... Nowhere here is fine. Or I've got too many caveats as to ruin the game. Mm. I don't want to go back anywhere and be poor, obviously. Right. I'm not that keen on going back anywhere and being a woman because it's pretty tough out there uh-huh. as it is. So I'd like to be rich, but then being rich now would be cool. So You see, my thing is, do you uh do you know that you're from the future and have gone back in time? Ooh, or are you good. are you just alive then <clears throat> as a regular person in that time period? Because I think it's only interesting if, if you, you know. know. Yeah, if you know you're from the future. But then yeah. you get into that whole thing like, it's the same question. Would you like to be young again? Do I know that I was old? Do I have all the knowledge that I've gained, but yeah. I'm in a young body? You know, like uh, in Free Jack. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't get enough mentions, does it? Um, but yeah, I Romans for me, by the way. But only if you were a rich man, Roman. Yeah. You don't want to be a slave, do yeah. you? I, for me, it's just... Am I, am I pooing in something that resembles a toilet? Oh, good question. And hell yes, the fucking Colosseum is going to be entertaining. <laughs> I, honestly, imagine when Gladiators first started on ITV. You were like, this is amazing. But what if they actually killed each other? And, and it was outside yeah. and it was hot all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was loads of free food. And lions. <laughs> so, yeah, I think the Colosseum would have been like Gladiators Extreme. That's a great answer. I still haven't got anything. I don't know. Um, no, last not, week. Well, do the exam one then. Do your question. <laughs> Biology. Don't no. need it. Yep. <laughs> Folum. <Piss> Statistics. <laughs> don't need them. Yep. Uh, okay, so we've got we've cleared that off. That's good. Um, let's get into the film then. Mm. This film opens with, unbelievably, um, because I've talked about the perils of voiceover, this film opens with Rufus breaking the actual fourth wall yep. <laughs> to tell us exactly what's afoot. Well, that's where you're answering my first question. How do you feel, Victoria? A VO button vision. Do they get away with it? <laughs> I think so, but it must be for sentimental reasons. And I love George Carlin's voice. Mm. And I, I love Rufus, particularly, in both of these films. So... When I first watched this film, I wouldn't have been as critical as the voice of the voiceover because I didn't know my theory. Um, and but this time I was like, "That is bad," but it's okay because it's him. Yeah. So. So and yeah, also, so fine. Also, the gloves are off as far as like cinematic rules go in this movie, aren't they? No. 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 <laughs> yes, I know. Okay. Yes, sure. I know. Right. We will come back to that. So we meet Bill and Ted. We're going to set up that they're rubbish at history because mm. Joan of Arc is Noah's wife. <laughs> I should sigh about that. That's pretty funny. It is, right? yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> um, their teacher, this is a bit 
cheeky, a bit on the nose, but also fine, lays out the stakes exactly, which is unless you get an A-plus in history about these historical figures on the chalkboard behind me and bring something really special to your presentation, you will fail. Mm -hmm. And then just in case that's not hit home, Ted's dad, who is just a horrible dick all the way through it, is like, if you fail, you'll get sent to military school. So Mm -hmm. those are our stakes. But also, we have been told, but again, the the pitfall with show don't tell, tell don't show, is we've been told that Wild Stallions, Bill and Ted's band will unite humanity. But it's quite hard to remember that because you've just been told it and it's... Yeah. It's yeah. two large sets of exposition Yeah, at the start. But I, uh, I don't mind it. I quite like it when they just go, These are, this is everything you need to know, now have fun. I really don't. I don't mind, but then again, it's not hard and fast for me because I don't mind it in this. But I'm still in shock from Chris Tilley's acceptance of the layer cake voiceover when he said to me but to Vicky it tells you everything you need to know so how are you what's wrong with you yeah, but layer cake is a twisty turny thriller with double crossers this is like uh, let's just watch two dudes piss about in history <laughs> yeah. so you don't it's not like as long as they hit you know the all is lost moment and like you know and get all yeah. those beats in I'm fine I'm like it's just all it's all like uh, there you go get on with it yeah okay um so there was the next bit I want to talk about because I'd completely forgotten about it. And I think it's one of the funniest things in here is, um, hi, Missy, I mean, mom, which mm. is the funny, a very funny line. But Missy is a young woman who Bill and Ted remember from their school days. Yeah, she was a senior while they were freshmen. I don't know what that means. Right. In terms of ages. Um, well, one's older and one's younger. Oh, right. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> but Missy is married to... Ted's dad. Ted, Bill's dad. Bill's dad, yeah. Bill's dad. Yeah, wrong movie, you're right. And yeah. Bill is, Bill's dad is like a rumpled academic looking type man, full cardigans, all mm. the rest of it. But he's very much enthralled by his young bride. Mm. And there's just this section where he gives Bill money to get out of the house mm. so that he can have sex with his young bride in his son's room. Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of strange stuff going in there. I wrote, don't remember having sex in kids' room, creepy. <laughs> exactly. But it did... It's the funniest thing that happens. That's the funny, the first really funny thing, I think, because Joan of Arc is quite funny, um, but it's a funny line, as in Noah's wife. But that really shocked me because it's so gross and adult as well. I didn't laugh at it. I was sort of just... I was, yeah, just... Uh, but yeah, I think that, I think, again, I think there are two movies, here, mm-hmm. two movies competing with each other. And I think that is the edgier movie that the rest of the movie could have been. And I think there should be more moments like that. I yeah. think I think, I think somewhere in removing the Hitler, they've, <laughs> um, they've, they've over, they've over, they've over, over, over removed. Over removed. They've over, over, I'm a writer. Uh, they've over, <laughs> over removed the edginess. We'll do more made up words like that after a short break. Selling a little? Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com So, very shortly, we're off because Bill and Ted are at the, is it called a Circle K? I don't know what Circle K is. Yeah. K-Circle? No, it's Circle it's a shop. K. Yeah. It's a shop. I think it's, it's like a Londis. Like a Londis. I'm guessing. That would be funny, wouldn't mm. it? If it was at a Londis, that would be great. Um, we meet Rufus again and we meet the sort of near future version of Bill and Ted. And it's the whole were you dude scene. And we understand that this phone booth can take Bill and Ted back through time to pick up whoever they need to pick up ostensibly in order to pass their history test. Mm. So we pick up Billy the Kid. Mm. Um, and this, we had, so then we have a scene in the Wild West, which is. Uh, a good example of the innocence that we've, that we've been talking about with Bill and Ted because um, Billy the Kid is really sort of swept up by their infectiousness, their sort of energy. But they, they order a beer and they're they're 17 years old mm. and they, I don't believe that they've never had a beer before. Otherwise, maybe they wouldn't order one. But they look like they can't believe their look. They're like, oh, we got a beer. And it just felt a bit strange because it's just a weird moment to see 17 year olds like enjoying a beer but being like oh my god we got away with this like such contraband thing i mean again this is because the i i think i do think some of the script wasn't changed to take into account that they've aged up bill and ted yeah. in the casting of keanu reeves and alex winter um and they've kept in sort of scenes like that which played when they're 14 but yeah. don't work uh, when they're 18 yeah. Um, and the way that they deal with like the baddies in that scene, so their slapstick when there's like quite a big bar fight going on, they pull hats down over people's faces. They're like cartoon dogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do think the beer thing's interesting though, because it, it sort of it, it stands out in both movies because they never drink again in either film and actively sort yeah. of seem to choose Pepsi at a time when you'd sort of imagine these people who want a beer and sort of like are like, oh, we've got a beer. We go, oh, I could do with a beer. Yeah. That's my thoughts. <laughs> my thoughts. Yeah. And then I guess bit of Pepsi were a sponsor. <clears throat> I'm guessing. Oh, okay. Okay. A lot of Pepsi. Um, And so one of my biggest points, I mean, then we're sort of on, we're on our adventure to pick up historical figures that will help them pass their test. Um, And we get to medieval England really before things start to go wrong in that. They're just sort of picking up people. So they pick up Socrates. I can't remember when they pick up Joan of Arc. At some point this happens. 
Um, oh, I was going to ask you. I was always, I remember this feeling of being strangely proud that it's medieval England that kind of fucks them up a bit because they've been to like ancient Greece and, the, the, you know, none of the environments they're walking into would necessarily be that friendly to a, a stranger in a phone box that no one's ever seen. They don't adapt their language or the rest of it and nothing goes wrong. But then they get to like scumbag countryside <laughs> England and then they're like, well, now we're going to chop off your head. Coming over here, <laughs> stealing yeah. our women, I know this quite literally. Thing. Yes, the, I just was always a little bit proud. Um, but yeah, it's the only bit where it gets a bit nasty. It's yeah. When, when you think Ted's dead. Yeah. Ted's dead, baby. Ted's dead. Did you think at this point, which we'll come on to when we talk about Bogus Journey, because this is what it does, and I'm wondering if the lesson was learned here, we don't have an enemy chasing them. So all we've got is Bill and Ted moving, nothing wrong with this, but like moving from time period to time period. And there's no, the, the ticking clock, literally, is the history test. But there's no peril because there's no enemy. Mm. The enemy is just, oh, you will fail your history test. And that's, yes. that's not a visible thing. That would be great. Yeah. Like if they'd gone to, if they'd gone to London 1888 mm-hmm. and... Jack the Ripper had grabbed onto <laughs> the booth and he was in the circuits of time. Wait till he them. sees those two princesses. He's going to slice them right up. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, PG rating. <laughs> um, then we have a brief spell in the future with the three most important people in the world, which is where Bill and Ted realise how much the wild stallions will go on to be venerated. And we get their key phrases, be excellent to each other, party on dude. Doesn't bother you that um doesn't bother you at all that when they pick up Napoleon. Yes. Um he uh, does he get caught on something on the phone box? Basically, it see it, it, it diminishes the actual importance of having a phone box to travel through the circuits of time because he just gets dragged oh, yeah. in. And you sort of I, I'd assume that the circuits of time look Right, pretty interdimensional, pretty scary. Like you need to be in. Oh, for your own protection. Box, yeah. And he's just bopping along, like hitching a lift, effectively. Right. I just thought I, I didn't. I, I sort of it nullified the phone box for me a bit. It didn't bother me, uh, no. but I am hearing you. Okay. And I appreciate you. Uh, well, um, okay. <laughs> um, mostly because of this delicious blue wicked. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, and then. I'm moving. I'm moving along at some pace. Um, we have our historical figures in the present day. So, as you've said, we've got Napoleon at the Waterloo theme park. Did you say that? Oh no! Did you say that before we started recording? How much you love water parks? I can't oh, yeah, that was before we started. <laughs> oh, sorry. This whole sequence just—I was giddy with excitement. I was like, there was one just outside Doncaster called the Richard Dunn Centre, which is where uh, we used glamour, to go. Glamour, glamour. Right? It's like of all the names, maybe it wasn't called like Splash Landings. Maybe or... he was a very famous Doncasterian, and he bought a water park. I don't know. Maybe he discovered. He must have done because just... everyone else around that board was going. We really want to call it. Tropical waves, yep. yeah, yeah. and he's like, "It's Richard Dunn on the Splash Factory." <laughs> it's called the Richard. Dunn it was. It was called the Richard Dunn Centre. But I always feel nervous about sort of going, "Oh, the Richard Dunn Centre." If Richard Dunn like made slides, like, and you, you sort of go, "Actually, there you go." That's. I have no complaints, Richard Dunn. Do you know? I love a water slide, but I've never been more disappointed. As when I went to stay at the Alton Towers Hotel Resort, mm-hmm. and me and my friend Lucy, we, 
I don't know why we thought this, but we both had serious misconceptions about what was waiting for us at the Alton's House Hotel Resort. <laughs> Specifically, the one of it, we both walked into our room and we both went, oh, fuck. And I went, oh, what's the matter? And she went, well, what's the matter with you? And we said it at the same time. And we were like, you are, you are such a dick. One of us thought that in each room was a full Woolworth-style pick-and-mix sweet counter from which you could help yourself day and night, right? So just free pick-and-mix. <laughs> Why? Don't even like pick and mix that much. That's bullshit. Actually, I love pick and mix. Um, and the other one of us thought, you know, in Alton Towers there is a water theme park bit. Yeah, that's attached to the hotel. One of us, and I think it was her, was a hundred percent cast iron convinced that in your room was um, <laughs> your own private shoes. So you got changed in the bathroom, and then you went wee from your bed, and then you landed in splash landings. Uh, and we were gutted. If that could be made, that should be a thing for definite. Um, but all we've done is watch an advert where they're like, not represented by real footage or whatever. Right. Is, but is, is this where it came from? You didn't just spark this out of your own imagination. There's an advert. No, with because this. that's why we were so devastated because we were like, right. we have been misled mm. here. This hotel room was not cheap. Where's my fucking pick and mix? Where's my private shoot? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that'd be great. I mean, if you could just honestly, like, uh, you know. As we get more environmentally conscious, mm. like, let's build more plastic slides. But, but just to get us around, instead of walking out the house, just like every house has a slide, <laughs> like it just takes you anywhere you need, or a yeah. log flume, or uh, a log flume. Or I do like a log. I'd be happy with that. There's a water slide in um, I can't remember where it is. Somewhere I think it's somewhere in the Caribbean, maybe the Bahamas. Uh, but there's a water slide which uh, um, goes through a tank of sharks. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Have you been on it? No. No, I haven't been on it. Hey, that would be the first story I told you if I've been on it. That's not the Richard Dunn sense. <laughs> been on a water slide. Sharks? Nope. Not Richard Dunn. Uh, no, but it's, I mean, obviously, like, the sharks are around you, but they can't get to you. It's no, not... I get that. You're not going through the right, water. Right, right. But that, I think, wouldn't that be slightly exciting? Because I'd imagine if you could work it out, if you, had a, if you were an engineer and you could work out, so you need an engineer... And uh, 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 an oceanologist. Uh, I don't, I don't know. know. Some maps, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> yep. Ocean biologist, biologist. God, I, I was... Marine biologist. Marine biologist. Yes. Uh, so you've got Told you didn't need biology. An engineering. What they've got to work out is like how fast you need to be travelling mm-hmm. to go through the tank with the sharks actually in it. Yeah. But it's, it's so fast that they still can't get you. So for a brief moment, you think I could die because there's sharks, but... Yeah. but the propulsion is so, so fast high. that yeah. you go through the whole other end. And then what you could have is like shark distractors because if they were looking the other way when you like shot out behind yeah. them and then they, if they turned around, they might like give you a little nibble. Yeah. But if you just went pow, yeah. so like shark, I don't know, dancing girls. Also the cognitive learning abilities of sharks needs to be investigated in deep blue sea yep. they learn how to swim backwards which is ridiculous because even if you learn <laughs> they'd go ah, ah, no I was going to don't they learn how to like open doors or something isn't yeah. there a scene oh, where it opens a lock no they learn how to turn on ovens which actually is more <laughs> difficult yeah 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 <laughs> So, yeah, um, I used to be de- dead scared of water slides, though, because I always thought if you went up, de- I, I, I'm consistently impressed that you can't be at a certain speed like when you do a corner and the top isn't on. Like, you know where you, oh, you don't come out. You know where it's only half a tube mm. that you never just go. <laughs> <laughs> you just keep going. I'll tell you why you should be scared of them. It's um, when they're new. My mum used to work at um, a water park sort of thing. Uh, that's a bit of a fancy word for it, but it had it had a flume. 
and it had a tidal pool. So, you know, whatever. Mm. But it was called Waves because in Blackburn we understand um, marketing and we don't call things (laughs) the Richard Dunn Centre. Arguably... It's it's missing an awesome awesome. Thing there. <laughs> it's true. It's very just awesome, basic, isn't it? Awesome waves. Come and see these. Yeah, <laughs> just just waves. Yeah. When the slides are new, sometimes the the joins between the uh, pieces of the slides aren't like smooth enough, and it can cut the back of your legs. That's possibly urban myth bullshit. No, um, I have a friend who um, was a very very small, skinny, light child, and they went down a water slide and they got to the bottom, but. Like in a, a waterfall, they got caught in the the churn oh, of the yeah, water, yeah, yeah, yeah. the water pouring into the pool, and they were sort of stuck drowning, and like they thought they were going to die, and that they had to be dragged out because they sort of got stuck in the in, like the, a, in the pool. A vortex. I think a vortex is what it's called. Yeah. Wow. And without anyone here to confirm it, it's definitely a vortex. Yeah. Oh, that's terrifying. Mm. We've talked a lot about water slides. I could talk about this all day. Well, it's Chris isn't here. Is <laughs> I'll do what you, you got anyway. Yeah. Anyway, a bit mm. of a clap. Mm. Back to the film. <laughs> That's for the edit. We'll <laughs> take out that. So we've got our historical figures in the mall. Um, Genghis Khan, played by Al Leong, becomes a sort of cute little. I don't know what's the right word. Like he's messing around on a skateboard. He's not. He's not the bloodthirsty warrior he <laughs> was. Mm. He's just like trying on stuff and yep. causing havoc. Um, mm. Beethoven is on the keyboards. That's a brilliant sort of idea Mm. um but also actually um the historical detail that is paid to the historical figures is quite a cute touch i think so when beethoven Mm. is when they come to get him bill and ted in the phone booth all of beethoven's i keep want to say Beethoven. i'm just saying all of beethoven's guests are like oh what the fuck is going on why do you why what why are you calling him beethoven beethoven yeah is that because that's what they call him oh do they yeah. Oh, that's why you said it earlier. Or Beethoven. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Did you I, not, what? I just sort of went. Ugh. Do you think I didn't know? <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> it's all right I, if you thought that. I didn't know. I was like, I thought they just called him Beethoven. No, they don't. Right. Anyway, I don't know if I watched the right movie. A lot of this is new to me. You know a lot about it. <laughs> You've not watched it. Anyway, Beethoven was deaf, wasn't he? So when the phone booth comes, he doesn't look up or he carries on doing what he's doing because he was deaf. Right. So he wouldn't necessarily have heard this phone box from the future. That's clever. Yeah, but it's um it's nice attention to detail. Mm. Um and so the historical figures are arrested and then this is where the film we spoke about this earlier about time travel paradoxes. One of the paradoxes being cause and effect as in you can you can ruin your own timeline effectively by your actions. Mm. <clears throat> but they make uh they make they play around with this as sort of using it as like a get out of jail free card. So when they need to get the key to unlock their historical friends Oh, what I'll do is I'll go back in time and leave myself the key here. Oh, look, here it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that happens in Bogus Journey. This is hard journey. for you because you haven't seen this film. Right. So they do it in Ad- Excellent Adventure like well. three times. Yeah, oh. they do. So they leave themselves the keys. They do something else. I can't remember. It's repeated about three times. Okay. So the first time they did it, I was like, that's cool. Maybe don't do it again. And then I was like, oh, do you know what? Fuck it. Who cares? Uh-huh. It's fine. Um, And then... We have got the... I'm moving forward quickly to the history report. So we've got all our historical figures freed from jail, a race against time to get to this big auditorium to do the presentation. Now, you were talking about an irksome thing for you, which was that Napoleon hitched a lift on the phone booth. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm dealing with it, but yeah, a little bit. Here's my irksome thing. Mm. The history teacher says you have to do a presentation, or he calls it a report, I can't remember. 
you have to do a presentation slash report on what would the historical figures have thought of San Dimas today? Mm. And that's the assignment. But that's not what they present. <laughs> they just present like, this is Sigmund Freud doing some psychoanalysis. This is Beethoven. He did this. This is Socrates. He, Socrates. He did this. And that's not their thoughts on San Dimas. Mm. So surely they should have failed. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of nice, though, that they, they put in all this effort. I mean... You get, do you not get marks for effort even if you haven't actually answered the question? I'm sure that's a thing. I think that's a thing. If you if you don't like <laughs> a question in an exam and you write a, a an explanation answer. of why the question doesn't work, yeah. I think you are awarded points for that. Really? Yes. What college did you go to? The Richard Dunn. <laughs> <laughs> Everything north of Doncaster is named the Richard Dunn whatever. Is that true? Yeah. Because he's oh, and he sell the copy. Is it? Is hang on? Is it called Doncaster? Because of did Richard, he found Don- Richard Doncaster? Yeah, <laughs> it's just got changed slightly. <laughs> anyway, um, so they smash the report. That all goes brilliantly. There's a nice moment where the two dads, Bill's dad and Ted's dad, who has been a dick to him, see their sons like sort of study. You know, they've studied, they've learned. They are they're charming the crowds. They're being there bubbly lovely cells and it's quite a nice moment where bill's dad is like but let's stay and watch like that's quite sweet hmm. um the original ending now have i got this right this the original ending it was the same thing but just a bit more low-key yep that's pretty much it yeah yeah they were in a classroom but it didn't feel big enough so they've got this sort of huge stage show set up yeah alex winter says it's Keanu and I sitting on the desk, literally presenting a really boring history lesson to a small, ugly suburban classroom. So it's visually really ugly. It had no scale at all. It was an audience of like nine and there wasn't much room for interplay. And then, which I do like, we go to the prom with our princesses. Yeah. Because I think a little more princess uh, character building might have been nice. It wouldn't have happened. Um, But I like a prom. I'm so do you know prom. I do. End on the dance. Um, but they say, he says, um, you can see the shots on the internet of us from that scene where we're wearing tuxedos with shorts, but it just didn't play. Okay. Um, Rufus turns back up because we've got wild stallions in the garage. He kind of gives them the girls, the babes, the princesses from medieval England. Um, but like, God, who cares? Um, but it's quite a good way to button the joke because Rufus is saying, you know, you need to practice, you need to become good musicians. And one of the princesses is on keyboards, one's on drums. And you do sort of expect that the minute the girls join the band that they're going to sound incredible, but mm. they don't. They're shit, obviously, as well. Mm. I thought that was quite a clever way to end that scene. Yeah, I sort of, I don't know. The way Rufus just turns up with these two girls, it's got a pimp-like element to it. It is odd, isn't it? It's they they really... kind of don't mind. No, but... I know, it's just sort of, Look what I brought you. Yeah, like, I got here, a present. Here's a gift. Here's <laughs> yeah, a they gift are a gift. He does say that, doesn't he? I think he does. It feels yeah. like he does. Yeah. I think he goes, I brought you a gift. <laughs> I brought you a woman a, gift. A present. Yeah, here's my offering <laughs> Don't to forget you. to feed it. Mm. Uh, yeah. Good. Yeah, that's it. That that's all it. I have, yeah. That's that film. Mm. Uh, great. I'm glad you did that because I swear to God... I've got to, I've got to start writing better notes. I just couldn't read any of them. I'm like, yeah, I think that's about what I thought. Uh huh. Great. I did write the whole audience has lighters at the end, which 
was mm. kind of cool. It was the 80s. It so. was the 80s, yeah. 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 Lovely. Okay, great. Should we do the bits? Uh, yeah. Okay, what was your best scene? Mm, my best scene is the montage in the mall uh, where Beethoven is playing the keyboards because it's a kick-ass tune. Genghis Khan is fighting security. I think Joan of Arc teaching aerobics is very funny. Mm. Love a montage. Love a montage set to some awesome music. That's the best. Great. My best scene is when they briefly go to the future and we meet the three most important people in the world and they're all um, doing the air guitar strum really slowly Slowly, and solemnly. Only because it just took me... I just had a moment where I was like, what is this film? Like, imagine if you walked in, in the middle of that, like, what are you watching? Oh, uh, like it's just really hard to explain. (laughs) But a good out-of-body moment. What was your most valuable whatever? My most valuable whatever. And I couldn't believe the actor hasn't done more because for me, he is absolutely <clears throat> brilliant in this film. And it's Terry Camilleri who plays Napoleon Bonaparte. Mm. Um, this is his biggest role. Uh, but I think he's just excellent with no dialogue, really. He's really funny. It, like he's got a Mr. Bean kind of face. Yeah. It's a really funny physical comedian <clears throat> with a very funny face. The bit where he's changing the scores in the bowling alley makes me chuckle. So big fan <laughs> of Terry Camilleri. I think that is Napoleon Bonaparte. That's a good shout. Mine is Rufus. And really? Yeah, I love Rufus. Yeah, that's so interesting because reading around, like, uh, no one sort of says it. And I'm sure they, they might not think it. And I might be imprinting this on what I read. But they sort of, uh, a lot of them. Um, uh, the director talks about how he was quite surprised that he sort of imagined George Carlin was going to come in mm. and just sort of like go, ah, I've got better <laughs> ideas in this script and really riff with the role and improvise. And apparently he came in, he was very quiet, very sort of thoughtful, and then just read the script as, as it was. And that surprised me. And I, I think I'd be surprised because you've got one of the greatest comedian, comedians yeah. ever. And he just... He just doesn't he doesn't bring anything else to him. He is great in yeah. the role, but I think I'd be surprised as well if that happened. Yeah, it's really strange. I had I remembered I remembered loving him and then the minute I heard I heard his voice or it could just be the memory of hearing Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter say Rufus constantly. I don't know what it is, but I just felt so like a rush of nostalgia for him mm. and he he just does it very seriously. I yeah, I really liked Rufus still on this second viewing. Mm. Um, what would you change? Um, uh, again, and uh, Chris would uh, chew me out for this, but I've said it already, haven't I? Because I just get so bloody excited. Uh, I'd change the name of the Richard Dunn Centre to... <laughs> <laughs> Splashtastic! Splashtastic. Uh, <laughs> Splashtastic. Now, um, I'd just have the not just revisiting famous historical figures, but also famous events in history and then have their presence causing these events to happen the way they did it doesn't have to be like the original script where it's like awful death yeah but just fun things and just, just sort of being things, present the wheel fire I think I'd quite like to be educated by I think this movie could mm-hmm. do you know it could be edutainment it could be edutainment um, so yeah I, you know I keep coming back to that idea that they had that was taken out of them being um, in Rome and accidentally murdering Julius Caesar being quite funny yeah um, my change it would be and again, I said it earlier because I don't respect uh, the structure mm, of this show. No, I like that. Though. So, oh, that's not. Do you really? I do. I do wonder sometimes. I do, and I, I feel we've made that very clear on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I just get a bit nervous because I, th- I, 
I just get some bad stern looks. That's all yeah. from my not, left. Not from Mark Eddie, not though. From look at him grinning there. Look at you twinkly eyes. <laughs> look at him grinning. Gorgeous thing. Mark Eddie's grinning away. I'm all in. He's yes, not all are. in there, though, is he? Oh, look at him. Oh, I don't know. That expression. He might be. <laughs> he might be. You can't see below the he waist. He might be tired. Yeah. I, um, I, I don't think that's what it means. <laughs> I don't think he means. <laughs> you think it means I'm when a, it's gone in. No, you think it means. Uh, you think it means he's got his his penis inside. Yeah, again, but only a little bit. No, 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 no. It means he's all into the relation. I'm all in it with this relationship. Mean, oh, it absolutely doesn't <laughs> it does. mean that. It does. Watch it again. Yeah, yeah uh, we've been through this on Twitter. Uh, uh, everyone agrees with uh, Chris and I on this one. I'm sorry. Anyway, Bill and Ted should have an enemy and the enemy should be... Jack the um, Ripper. Jack the Ripper or evil <laughs> robot Bill and Ted. Hey. Hey, that's a good idea. Now there's an idea. Ed and Chris, if you're listening. <laughs> um, now, that's it. Yeah. Um, but I got sent a text by our boss, Chris Tilly, <laughs> which is some quiz questions for you. Yeah. Did he send you a message? Yeah, he sent me quiz questions for you. Oh, man. All it's right. the quiz! <laughs> <laughs> so do you, I'll do one and then you do one and we'll do it like that. How's about that? Yeah, okay. Do you want to go first? Uh, I think I might have deleted them. So, uh, <laughs> oh no, yeah, I'll go first. So, Alex, keep this is these are his words. Keeping it. Tell straight, that bitch. <laughs> keeping it straightforward this week. <laughs> so three questions each. Hopefully, getting harder as you progress. <laughs> he hasn't said that. <laughs> Has he not said that to you? Vicky's questions for Alex, which is weird because it's a personal message. So it's like, <laughs> all right, fine. Right, so uh, uh, the best thing he's done, and you will like this, uh, the, the quiz is about history, and it's called the Christory Ooh, Quiz. I do like right? that. Yeah, I Back like that. Back in the game. <laughs> I like that a lot. There's Chris Thrilly. Um, right, here's your first question. Go on. They're all about history. Uh, oh, in fact, they're all about historical characters from... Um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Didn't notice that before. Who played Abraham Lincoln in the 2012 movie Lincoln? It's Daniel Day-Lewis. Was it Liam Neeson? <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis or Tim Carey? <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis. Is the correct answer because yeah. he's put it in bold. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's put mine in bold. Are you ready? Yeah. Uh, for Vicky's questions for Alex. Right. No filler there. He obviously doesn't need to get me on side in any way. Um, who played Billy the Kid in the 1988 movie Young Guns? Was it Frank Welker? That's funny. Charlie Sheen, Emilio Estevez. Uh, was it? Oh, wait. Emilio Estevez. Correct. Yes. Yes. All right. Question two for Vicky. Who played Joanne of Arc? Wait, Joan of Arc <laughs> in the 1999 movie The Messenger. The Messenger. <laughs> was it Audrey Tatu, Vanessa Paradis, or Mila Jovovich? It was um, Mila Jovovich. Jovovich. However, which way you want to pronounce it, right? it wasn't the other two <laughs> because she's in bold. It was Mila. <laughs> Brilliant. This is going really well. Who played Genghis Khan in the 1956 movie The Conqueror? Was it John Wayne, Omar Sharif, Yul Brynner? Oh, gosh. I think it was... Oh, your questions are way easy, actually. Your third one's a bit hard. Um, so I'm going to go with Omar Sharif. No, it was John Wayne. Really? Apparently. Wow. Did not know that. All right. Well, you got me, Tilly. Well done. Who played Napoleon in the 1981 movie Time Bandits? Oh, no. Was it Ian Holm, Al Pacino or Dustin Hoffman? I thought it was Ian Holm. It is Ian Holm. Yay! Oh, 
my oh, God. Three wow, three. you've won. Congratulations. Do my last one, though. See if I get it. I I'm think pre- this is really hard, actually, because you would think it was all three of them. Yeah. Who played Sigmund Freud in the 2011 movie A Dangerous Mind? This is unfair because they're, they're, I think they're all in it. Michael Fassbender, Viggo right. Mortensen, Vincent yeah. Cassell. I'm going Viggo Mortensen. You're right! Yay! Yay! Well done. That was really hard. Thanks very I much. I thought it was Michael Fassbender. Right, no. It was uh, Viggo Mortensen. Isn't that was so... That was nice, wasn't Why it? Why was that so much nicer? It's weird, isn't yeah. it? Because I think we're competitive. I don't think that... I know he's competitive as a person, mm, yeah. but in a quiz, he's quite chilled. Yeah, and we're quite angry by yeah. the end of it. <laughs> yeah, and, and re- really sweaty. And today... <laughs> It was I, just really I, actually, lovely. I don't mind losing. I'm really pleased you, you won. Yeah, I don't really. I thought you did so well. Yeah, that was really great. That's weird, isn't it? Oh, wow. Okay. Okay, maybe we'll just get him to write it and we'll just do it in front of him next time. <laughs> uh, that is your lot. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is done. Also, some chat about water slides. So uh, do uh, remember to come back on Thursday because we're doing Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Uh, here, though, uh, just before I say goodbye... Have you got a clue for mm. your next week's movies? All right, here's Victoria's clue. It's your choices next week, Victoria. What movies are you... Oh, is it not your choices, really? <laughs> it doesn't matter. All right. Um, the clue is, I'm not the man they think they am. <laughs> I'm not the man. man they think they am. Ooh, that's a toughie. Because no, it doesn't actually make any sense, so it's actually pretty clever. Is it memento? Let me try that again. Right. I'm not the man they think I am at home. That's what I meant to say. I'm not, not the, the man, man they, they think, think I am, am at, at home. home. Ooh, okay. Uh, that is your clue. Uh, get your guesses in. We are at ClashPod on Twitter. If you do wish to email us, we are at sh- we are show, show at ClashPod. Just a single show, though. Show at ClashPod.com. So feel free to email us there. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, please do rate and review us and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. Back on Thursday for a bogus journey. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.